It's Thursday, November 7th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The U.S. government is suing the manufacturer of a top HIV prevention treatment, saying Gilead Sciences is profiting off a drug that wouldn't even exist without taxpayer dollars. Then election day might be over, but the governor's race in Kentucky is going into overtime. And finally, turns out there really are no excuses not to vote. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sakara. The most complicated story today is about a new lawsuit by the Trump administration. The U.S. government just announced it's suing the pharmaceutical company Gilead Sciences. Gilead is the maker of the only two approved HIV prevention drugs on the market, Truvada and Descovy. And the government says Gilead owes us damages. So today we're going to get into why the government's starting this legal battle, why activists think this suit could actually help people, and how it fits into a larger fight between companies and the government over life-saving research. Let's get into it, starting with this week's lawsuit. The United States of America versus Gilead, which, yes, is the same name as the dystopian setting of The Handmaid's Tale. But we're talking about Gilead Sciences. They make a bunch of drugs for things like the flu, liver disease, and hep C. But the Gilead drugs the government is suing over are for preventing HIV. The government lawsuit this week says, Back in the 2000s, taxpayer-funded scientists at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention made a breakthrough. They discovered a new way to prevent people from contracting HIV. The drug regimen they created became known as PrEP. You may have heard about it. It stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis and is often recommended for people at high risk of contracting HIV, like people in a sexual relationship with an HIV-positive partner or people who inject drugs or work in drug treatment facilities. PrEP has proved to be 99% effective in preventing at-risk patients from contracting the virus. It's helped save lives, and the research behind it, at least according to the government, is thanks to these taxpayer-funded government scientists. In order to get this drug out the door, the U.S. Patent Office issued patents that allowed the government to license out these discoveries to pharma companies, and maybe even get some money back in return. Seems straightforward, right? It should be. Except Gilead was selling this drug for several years before the U.S. got its patent. And when the U.S. patent was finally granted, Gilead didn't pay the government for the license to use it. Now the government's saying, hey, we think you owe us money, or at least damages. The government says Gilead has made billions off its PrEP drugs, and that that's not fair, because Gilead wouldn't have had this drug in the first place without the hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars spent to research it. Gilead has been preparing for this fight. In August, it complained to the U.S. Patent Office, saying the government's PrEP patents weren't valid. It argued that the word was already out in the public domain about these treatments, well before the government got its patents. Basically, Gilead is saying, the cat was already out of the bag on this. Sorry, not sorry. After staying quiet for a while, the government's now saying, actually, Gilead, you'll be sorry. We're taking you to court. So what are people saying about this lawsuit? Some argue trying to force Gilead to pay up is a good idea because the HIV epidemic is a huge health priority for the U.S. and that when Gilead unfairly uses government patents and then charges tons of money for its drugs, needy patients lose out. 
See, Gilead's PrEP drug, Truvada, costs $20,000 a year. Critics say this is price gouging, that it costs Gilead less than $6 a month to make Truvada, but it costs $1,600 a month to get it. Because of that markup, lots of people can't afford the drug. Others have said this whole fight with Gilead is why the U.S. should dramatically overhaul how it grants patents to drug companies and maybe stop allowing single companies to basically control the market for life-saving treatments. Because by some accounts, only about one in five people who could benefit from PrEP are actually getting it. So what's the skim? A new U.S. government lawsuit alleges Gilead Sciences is unfairly making billions of dollars a year off medicines based on research paid for by American taxpayers. If the suit succeeds, the government could get back some of the money it spent to research these key HIV prevention treatments, which activists argue could be used by the government to pay for drugs and to speed up the fight against HIV and AIDS. And we should say, even though this story is about pharmaceutical drugs, some of the same arguments coming up here are being made in other areas too. There's actually a big campaign underway to make taxpayer-funded scientific research available to people for free. It's called the open access or open science movement because a lot of times that research ends up behind online paywalls. So this battle over access to HIV drugs is part of a larger movement to help the public get the goods it paid for in the first place. Coming up, election day came and went, but Kentucky's in a bit of a holding pattern right now. We'll tell you why next. It can be hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good, but eating better doesn't have to be boring or bland. Sakara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you look and feel like your best self. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash skim this. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skim this to get $60 off your first order. Sakara.com slash skim this. On Tuesday, we told you about the big governor's race in Kentucky, pitting the incumbent Republican governor, Matt Bevin, against the Democratic Attorney General, Andy Bashir. The Kentucky Secretary of State says Bashir's the winner, but the Associated Press still hasn't called the race because the results were actually really tight. Bashir is currently up by about 5,000 votes, which is less than half a percentage point. In some states, results that close would trigger an automatic recount in which election officials would have to go back and count every single ballot again. There are no automatic recounts in Kentucky, but Governor Bevin isn't ready to call it quits just yet. We are not conceding this race by any stretch. Instead of asking for a formal recount, which his campaign would have to pay for, he's asking for a re-canvas. A re-canvas is more about making sure there weren't any mistakes with the voting machines. His campaign asked the Secretary of State to do this, and she said yes. So here's how it's gonna work. All 120 counties in Kentucky will have to reprint the receipts from each voting machine's vote count. Those will be checked for any irregularities, like from a faulty machine or a poll worker copying down the wrong number and then tallied up again. Once that's done, each county's election board will resubmit forms to the state certifying their results. That process is scheduled to begin a week from today. 
Then the State Board of Elections will have a week and a half to certify the results. For context, a re-canvassing has reportedly never changed the result of an election in Kentucky. But Bevin's team is hoping there's a first time for everything. It's also not the only way this could shake out. The state Senate's president has even floated the idea that the legislature could end up making the final call here. Meanwhile, Bevin's opponent in the race, Bashir, is ready to move on. Here he was yesterday morning. This isn't about politics anymore. That ended last night. This is about being the best governor that I can be for the people of Kentucky. So this hard-fought election is probably going to continue a little longer. And there's a lot at stake. Kentucky is still pretty red. Republicans control both chambers of the state's legislature. So if Bashir is ultimately deemed the winner, getting any progressive policies passed won't exactly be a walk in the park. But if Bevin ends up winning, he doesn't necessarily have it made either. He's still the least popular governor in the country. So no matter who wins, it won't be smooth sailing. We may have to wait until the end of the month or even longer to learn who gets to call the Kentucky governor's mansion home sweet home. It's Skim Money Thursday, where we look at some of the big headlines of the week and explain how they could affect your wallet. This week, we're looking at the housing market. According to the real estate brokerage firm Redfin, American homeowners are staying put for longer. In 2010, the average U.S. homeowner stayed in the same home for about eight years. Now they're staying in that home for an average of 13 years. People staying put for longer means there are less homes on the market. So the ones that do get a for sale sign are getting more expensive. Classic supply and demand. If you're considering buying your first home, this might hit you the hardest. On the bright side, mortgage rates are pretty low right now, and the job market is hot, which means even if houses are getting more expensive, you may be able to afford that higher sticker price. Also, we want to let you know about the latest installment of The Skims Asking for a Friend video series. This week, we talked to Vix, who, at age 29, decided she wanted to go all in on her business. But she also didn't want to give up starting a family. And so, she froze her eggs. Depending on your insurance policy, the procedure can set you back. Vix told us how she made the process work for her. It's definitely an investment in creating a life I love. To watch Vix's story, head on over to theskim.com new. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you about voting. Ahead of Tuesday's election, the guy who oversees elections in Lawrence County, Pennsylvania, received an out-of-this-world request for an absentee ballot. The requester asked that the ballot be sent to, quote, International Space Station, Low Earth Orbit. The person requesting the ballot was NASA astronaut Drew Morgan. Texas has a state law letting astronauts vote absentee up to a year before Election Day. But since Lawrence County, Pennsylvania is a bit less experienced in that department, the county IT guy had to get creative and set up a secure email and password so Morgan could submit his vote via email, which he did a month early, we should add. Houston, we have a voter. Hashtag no excuses. 
And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.